you're kind of just seeing it nowadays with products that usually you don't think of it as a cool or a stylized product, and people are just trying to make them as cool as they can so that there can be that, you know, trying to trying to pull off the same Beats by Dre kind of effect. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? I'm Blake Fletcher, and this is the Half Hour Intern Podcast, where we explore the interesting paths people take in life. If you'd like to support episodes like this being made, please check out the show's Patreon page at patreon.com slash halfhourintern, where you will get access to bonus material for each episode going forward, including today's episode with Jimmy. Um, In today's episode, we speak with Jimmy Huynh, who is an industrial designer, which for those of you who don't know what that is, it is just a really, really cool job where you basically are the architect for products. You're the person in charge of designing what a product looks like and kind of therefore also almost how it functions and interacts with the world. So if you have ever owned, let's say like a really cool looking Apple laptop or something and you thought, man, this product looks awesome. That's because an industrial designer made it look really awesome. If you've ever driven by a car on the road or went to one of those cool car shows where there's all these concept cars and uh, you thought that those looked awesome, that's because an industrial designer made them look awesome. So um, industrial designer also kind of is multidisciplinary and goes into the world of user experience as well and things like that. We'll talk about all that during the interview. So without further ado, here is Industrial Designer. Jimmy, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Dude, thanks so much for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I want to say that I love that you say dude because I too am from Southern California and I say dude a lot on the show. I've even had people write in about the fact that I say dude a lot on the show, but it's one of these things that just becomes so ingrained in you. It's, It's very difficult to stop saying. When you're when you live in Southern California, you start picking up a lot of uh, a lot of different slang, and then you don't ever really recognize it until you go out of, of of California and you start hearing yourself, and people start mentioning things about the things that you say. So yeah, it's it's definitely a California thing, and I say it all the time, dude. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it's such a it's such an also like an endearing and connecting term. It's like you know letting the other person know like I'm with you, you know, like, yeah, I'm here, yeah. I'm with you. That's what my fiance says. She always says, like, guys, they just have this bro code where they just call each other man and dude as if they're like <laughs> buddies for forever. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right, man. So let's talk about industrial design. I, I'm i so happy that somebody that watches your YouTube channel um, wrote in and suggested you to be on this show because this is like the exact type of reason why I created this podcast and the type of thing that I love to learn about. I didn't even really know the term industrial design before this person wrote in. And then when he was explaining it in his email, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I know that. Like, I, 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 of course, people do that. But it's like the the term industrial design and the, the fact that it's like this exact specific person that did this never really occurred to me before, which mm-hmm. is interesting, especially mm-hmm. when such a spotlight has been put on it thanks to companies like Apple and stuff like that. And yet people don't, like, if people see a really cool building, they'll say, oh, cool architecture. Or, oh, like, something about, like, an architect. But when people talk about Apple, the only thing that they say is, like, oh, they make really neat products. Oh, they make really beautiful products. Nobody says, wow, they have amazing industrial design. And 
So why don't we just start with for anyone who's like where I was at, just what is industrial design? Can you just lay out like a definition for us? Yeah, I'd be happy to do that for you. And I I 100% agree with what you're saying. And I have the same kind of not really issues, but thoughts about the same thing you're saying. So industrial design is the design of everyday products. It can be your, you know, cars, uh, soft goods, furniture, medical devices, anything that you can think of. Somebody is there, just like graphics design, somebody is there to design these products, whether it's um, usability, ergonomics, uh, how it's made, manufactured, and how it's used and packaged. And that's what we focus on specifically and on a daily basis, just trying to design these products so that uh, the user at the end can use these products and be happy with what they're, you know, what they're trying out and buying themselves. So industrial design is to product as an architect is to a building. Exactly. Yes. Okay, cool. And so what would be like the difference and the intersection between industrial design and then things like mechanical engineering or user experience, which is like another big part, I guess, of designing things like how are people going to interact with this? Mm-hmm. So um, industrial design is is a very tough uh, career. It's it's full of just different types of skills. It's it's a multidisciplinary career where you got to really focus on a lot of different things like problem solving, user experience, uh, market research, graphics design. Just there's a ton of different skills that you have to do. But usually, what I try to think of industrial design is like presentations, uh, presentations of ideas. So you're trying to realize your your idea, your product into a into a actual looking product such as prototypes or renderings such as realistic photographs of this idea that you have or just you know sketches so that's what we try to do try to make your idea as real as possible in any way that we can so that can be through video uh through photos through you know whatever it is through uh mechanical engineering so these specific careers such as mechanical engineering or user experience, they, they are the thing themselves. They are, they are the things that they focus on, you know, user experience. They think about the user themselves, what they go through every single day, the different kind of steps, like super, super in-depth. And same with mechanical engineering. They're, they're really logical. They, uh, they, they're mathematical and they can get things done in the most efficient way possible. Whereas an industrial designer, we kind of have this accumulation of skills, which I think is really difficult, but at the same time, you gain a lot of different skills to be able to do whichever you know career path that you want to go to if you don't decide to do industrial design itself. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting. It sounds like you're at this kind of crossroads between all of the above and probably right. a lot more. And mm-hmm. that also makes me think of like graphic designers and stuff like that. So when you guys are trying to communicate your ideas to people, you mentioned the possibility of movies or art or whatever. It's like, and I remember just recently I saw... A, uh, a new concept car that Toyota had made that was so cool and they made this video for it and in the video they showed these two dudes um, that were uh, like carving clay to make this huge clay <laughs> model of the car and first of all I gotta get one of those guys on the show because all I was thinking is like is this all these dudes do for a living like mm-hmm. do they just carve clay cars or like they must be doing something else in their spare time but anyways like so if let's say those guys were industrial designers, it's like what you just also happen to be a clay sculptor or like, I guess, what sort of extra skill sets do you particularly have to show people what your ideas are? And are these skill sets taught in class, like in terms of drawing or graphic design mm-hmm. or modeling with clay or whatever it is? Because you need to 
tell people, show people a concept in some way before they're actually going to make it, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's a great question. So like I said earlier, industrial design, you could go down a lot of different fields. You could, you know, you could be a soft good person where you just like to design shoes or you like to do furniture and you work a lot with woods and metals. Or, you know, you're just a consumer electronics designer where, you know, you, you design iPhones and iPhone cases and stuff like that. Um, and each one of these fields, they have their own kind of way of, of doing things. So if you, if you did go down to consumer electronics, you know, there's a lot of 3D printing there. There's, you know, there's a lot of 3D printing where you 3D print cases, you do a lot of different variations. So 3D printing is a very great tool for them. Whereas for something like what you said with transportation design and carving clay, uh, clay is like a very good medium to use when it comes to sculpting shapes. You know, you, you've seen it before with all of these artistic people, they, they, they use clay to try to create these very organic shapes. And so that's what car designers do when they design these very fluid, very nice surface development um, products. And so that's why they use clay. So, you know, you, you, you could use clay, you could use 3D printing, you could use um, injection molded plastics, you could use a lot of different things, depending on the field that you go down and depending on what you want to do. So uh, and are yeah. any of those taught in school or are most of those like something else you're going to pick up, uh, you know, somewhere else in life? Yes, yes, yes. So uh, a lot of it is taught in school. If you want to do transportation design, that's something that's very particular. And so you would go to a transportation career. They'll teach you everything to do with transportation and they'll walk you through it. If you wanted to do stuff like consumer electronics, which is a little bit more broad, you can get internships and that's how you kind of learn your way through but in school they try to teach you the very general very basic things such as prototyping sketching model making uh, computer programs and so they really try to prep you for everything that you're going to be working on by the time you graduate school interesting so pretty much everyone at the very least is going like a universal thing that you guys will all know how to do is sketching and then sketching things up in a computer right 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 very very important thing is to be able to cad nowadays just making your ideas into a computer where you can eventually 3D print them or laser cut them or, you know, just create renderings to show other people your ideas and products. So that's a very crucial and critical skill that every industrial designer has nowadays. Okay, cool, man. Man, this job sounds so awesome. <laughs> um, so what are some of the basic principles and rules that you guys learn in school? Like what are some of the basic, basic thought processes behind good quality industrial design? Yeah, I mean, in, industrial design is a very passion-based uh, career. You know, a lot of kids, they find it eventually because they, they really love looking at cars or they really love looking at, you know, products and they just want to kind of design them themselves. And so they think it's all about styling at first. But eventually when you get through the, the career and you start learning more and more about industrial design, it really comes down to problem solving. That's what one of my professors says. He says, Industrial design is like creative problem solving where you're always looking to find a better solution for something. So whether that's, you know, uh, uh, tr trying to create a more ergonomic water bottle like or trying to create the next running shoe, what is a better way to do this? And so that's what we always constantly strive to do and get better at. But personally, what I found in the real world, you're not always designing things from the ground up trying to design something that's brand new what you're doing is creating a lot of renderings creating a lot of what other people's ideas have and so you you are mostly just creating these presentations as i said um and ideas but you know if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to design your own business and your own product 
that you would start from the ground. You would start searching these markets. What what's the target market and the profiles of these users are going to use this product and um, and then eventually you'll try to design the product, see any any problems that are out there that other competing products are out there, and then you would just kind of design your own, get it out there, and um, that that's usually like the critical thing that you should do as an industrial designer is just to be able to use your mind, problem solve, and create very unique products that that are going to blow people's minds away and try to try to make you know something that's very beautiful. Nice. So, is, is a basic rule of thumb like solve some sort of problem. Don't just do the most crazy ass like artistic, you know, light bulb or something, uh-huh. but then no one's actually going to buy. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what most people think of industrial design is. is you guys just stylize things, right? You guys just make it kind of look pretty, but <laughs> it goes it goes a lot more into that and how it works and and the packaging and stuff like that. So yeah, there's a lot of things to think about. And industrial design is really hard. There's a lot of things to think about. Just um, me branching into video and trying to create my own video business just thinking how hard industrial design is compared to, you know, creating videos and cinematography and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What about on the flip side? Are there any things in industrial design outside of, I guess, uh, just designing things that are crazy and out there and whatever? Are there any kind of like cardinal sins of industrial design, like things that you just really need to steer clear of and try not to do? Hmm. That's a, that's a hard question. I don't, like, has a professor ever said to you, or let all right, not you? Did a professor ever say to like one of your classmates, like, "Come on, dude, you're not supposed to do that." Like, everyone knows not to do that. Uh, you know, in in the creative fields, you know, things can get very gray. I see a lot of people they 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 see a really cool design and then they'll try to they get a lot of inspiration from it, probably a little bit too much to the point where it looks it looks pretty close to the original inspiration. So I think that's the biggest thing. And it's not like a copywritten thing or music where, you know, people get sued in lawsuits and stuff like that. And I'm sure that happens in the, in the very top, you know, with Apple and Samsung trying to sue each other all the time based off of d- design similarities that they have. But at, right. usually at the low end, uh, you see a lot of copycats. And usually that's what people don't like in this field is just, oh, my design is out there now. And then now there's 20 other ideas that are very similar to it. It's got to be so hard then. I mean, mm-hmm. as they say, there's nothing new under the sun. And it's so true. Like, no matter what, you're going to be a spin on something else that's already yeah. happened, you mm-hmm. know, 99 times out of 100. So I, God, that's got to be so hard to walk that line between doing something unique. Um, yeah, it's, exactly. It, it's, how can you be? How can you be so new, unique nowadays? It's it's really hard just because um, when you come up with a brand new design and you don't want anybody to steal it, but then at the same time you want the product to be out there, and you, you know you, people always say you can always get patents and stuff, but a patent is only as good as how far you want to enforce it and how willing you are to sue another person if they're infringing on your patent. And you know if if a larger company or somebody has a whole firm of of lawyers that are going to you know going to be protecting them they're going to they're going to do what they want and so you know a, a patent can only protect you just as much as you're willing to fight for what you have and that's that's usually not a winning battle for you and so it it can get very difficult when you when you have a, a product out there that you want to promote and uh, that's why kickstarter that's why that's so cool nowadays just because um you're able to get your product out there and it's crowdfunded and you don't need to put you know, uh, 
find a lot of loans or people to support you and, and get your product out there. And that's a really good platform that I see that a lot of people use. And I, I myself, I'm trying to also kind of do the same thing. That's really cool. And to what you were just saying, actually, about um, suing somebody or this or that that's copying your stuff, if you put something up on Kickstarter, that is a much bigger announcement to the world that, hey, this is my design look mm-hmm. at it like right right it's it's probably a much easier thing to hold up in court if you can show everyone see this is my design it's on mm-hmm. freaking kickstarter as of this day um yeah, exactly. there's a lot of good benefits to that so let's uh let's go through the design process so if you could take us through maybe some of your thought process that you would go through if you were trying to design something and I sent you this ahead of time so you'll be able to mm-hmm. uh, hopefully uh, take us through this. But so like, let's say you had a pair of headphones that you needed to design. Mm-hmm. What are some thoughts that you would, that would go through your head as you were trying to design said pair of headphones? Um, so I guess if I were to design a pair of headphones, the first thing I would think about is who would be using these headphones would it be a would it be a child? Would it be you know a, a twenty year old male or or a forty year old female? Depending on who the market is, that's the that's the research that I'll be doing. I would follow there every day, see the kind of colors and the 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 diff- other products that they're buying, the different stores that they go to, and then try to develop a a design language around this. So like a um, what is the word uh, a a mood board that that would comprise of a lot of these images that. The, the products that they use and the stores that they go to. And then that's when I get a better sense of what this product is going to look like, what's it going to be like. But then at the same time, when I'm following the the lives of these people, I'm also looking for critical points of, of you know, like, like oh, well, they use a small purse, so these headphones can't be large or or uh, they, 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 they like wireless. So, so we got to make sure that these are Bluetooth headphones, just little things like that there we pick up that we kind of learn from when we follow these users. And eventually we'll hit the sketching board. We'll start sketching out these different types of designs. Usually what a designer likes is they, they kind of just like what they like. And so they'll design something that's really nice. And then they'll get feedback. Industrial design is all about iteration. So you'll show your boss or your client. They'll say they like it, they don't like it. You go back and you keep changing and refining, changing and refining over and over again to the point where everybody's happy with it. You create a prototype, you create renderings and the prototype will help you um, realize the product because you can only learn so much through CAD and through images on a computer screen. So the idea is to create it in real life so that you can use this product, hold it in your hands and be able to make changes from there. Same thing goes iteration, revision to the point where you're, you're ready to manufacture and produce it. And that's usually how the process goes with industrial design. How come it is then, it seems like the... Which, I mean, so much of business and life is this way, I guess. But it seems like the the biggest splashes always and the, and the most successful things are people that just set blaze their own trail and make their own path. And they don't give a shit about what people are already mm-hmm. doing or what they're mar- like. I'm thinking to like the first iMac ever that uh, that Apple made that had like the uh, you know it was like this little bubbly looking thing and it had this color in the background that that looked nothing like any other computers and there was no real market data that would have told them that people would want that so it's more just their designers saying like yeah it's, it's just cool though right mm-hmm. and and more importantly to the headphone concept I'm thinking about like Beats by Dre and stuff like that like it 
it makes no sense for an athlete to be wearing over big ass over ear headphones like that, like Beats by Dre. Like if I'm doing what you're saying, which makes a lot of sense, which is like doing market research and thinking like, okay, these people are athletes. They need earbuds, obviously, because they're playing basketball. They're moving around a lot while they're shooting hoops. Like they're not going to want these big bulky over ear headphones. And yet the Beats by Dre people are just like, nope, we're going with over-ear headphones and everyone's just going to start wearing them. And sure mm-hmm. enough, everyone freaking started wearing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what exactly happens there? And is that kind of frustrating for people like you in the industrial design world where you're trying to decide, do I do something outside of the box or do I stay somewhat within the confines of the box? Yeah, you know, everybody everybody sees different problems. Everybody... Um has different motivations and what they want to do. And sometimes you can skip the whole research part and just go directly into the vision that you have. And I've done that plenty of times myself. And, you know, I, uh, the design process is what I just told you about is the full way to do it. But a lot of people don't usually choose that way. They, they go directly into what they want to do. They have the vision and they just want to pursue that. And usually it's all intuitive. Usually they've already thought about it. They've already kind of done the the research in their head and now they're just jumping into the design process. And when you mentioned Beats by Dre, it's it's actually a really cool thing what they did, I think. It's that they they took a product that isn't usually considered a cool thing, headphones. Now nowadays people think headphones as a cool thing that they are willing to spend three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars on. But before, people would just say, I could just buy these, you know, cheap uh skull candy for for 15 bucks and what's the difference? But what uh, Beats by Dre did was they kind of popularized them. They 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 kind of made it so that people got used to spending three hundred dollars on these designed uh, uh, per what is it what is it like the personal identity kind of headphones that shows off the kind of person that they are. And totally. that's, I think that's what Beats did. And so I think that's a it's an incredible thing what they did. And you're kind of just seeing it nowadays with products that usually you don't think of it as a cool or a stylized product and people are just trying to make them as cool as they can so that there can be that, you know, trying to trying to pull off the same Beats by Dre kind of effect. Yeah, absolutely. It's the smartest thing to do. It, what they did, it's like you have a lot of people that will wear, let's say like a gold chain or something like that to say like, this is the type of person I am. This is the type of money that I have, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. But that gold chain has no utility whatsoever. Yeah, it just yeah, yeah. freaking sits there around your neck. I mean, Beats by Dre, the perfect thing. It's like, this is the kind of person I am. This is the money that I have. And it's actually useful. Like, And I actually get to do something with it. Mm-hmm, definitely. So are we, I mean, on that point of Beats by Dre, Apple, like so many, and, and like even Microsoft nowadays in their effort to kind of catch up with Apple and uh, like, the uh like keurig coffee machines and soda stream and like honestly if you go and look in my kitchen like like it's just amazing how nice everything is nowadays you know do you feel like we are kind of living in a golden age for industrial design yeah man i mean design is just keep getting bigger and bigger and i think that people are slowly starting to realize how important design is when it comes to just people choosing one product over another when they're looking in the stores on the shelves they're picking between two products and most people pick, you know, the one with the better packaging or the one with the prettier picture, even though it costs like two or three dollars more, they still pick that one. And it just goes to the power to show how design is really driving what people buy in the stores. Yeah, absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. What uh, what are some of the companies that you think in particular 
are doing really, really good with industrial design. And so let's not use any of the companies that we've spoken about thus far. Right. Um, y- you know, I'm a huge car guy. And so I've just, I follow cars and Hyundai has been doing such a great job with their cars, just being able to make them look so premium, something that can compete with like Mercedes. I know a lot of purist car guys are going to be like, no, 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 no. But, but personally, no, just on, dude, just, you're so right. Yeah. yeah just on totally. a design, <laughs> just on a design body level basis, people are choosing Hyundai over Honda and Toyota nowadays, just because of how beautiful they look with their organic sculpture. And, um, same with Honda too. You know, Honda I think is realizing it too. Before I think they used to make some pretty boring looking cars, but ever since like 2015 now, I think they've been doing a great job. They've they've shifted and they're they're trying to improve their design. And I really dig them. I mean, I'm I'm looking to buy a new car, and I probably will get a Honda or a, or a, a Hyundai ne- the next time I go to the dealership. Absolutely, the world of competition and and capitalism can just be such a great thing. Like what you were saying about. Honda and you know Toyota for that matter. It's like Toyota and Honda for a while leapfrog uh, leapfrogged all of the American companies because they were making much cooler looking like entry level mm-hmm, cars, right. you know, than, than the American companies were. And now uh, Hyundai and I would say Kia as well have completely leapfrogged them. And it's I like agree, no, 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 yeah. they need to be designed even cooler. Mm-hmm. And and you know it won't end with Hyundai and Kia. Obviously, either somebody new is going to come in, or it's going to be you know one of the older companies is going to say, all right, then we need to like you know make this even better and make this even better. It's just so wonderful. Yeah, it's a it's a very competitive field. You know, everybody's trying to get ahead of one another, whether it's through design or just anything you can right it's just everybody's just trying to do their best to get ahead and yeah they're doing a really great job i'm i'm really glad that uh design is getting bigger and bigger and i just really hope that with this podcast and stuff that people slowly learn about what industrial design is because it's the design of everyday products you know you're using these products that we're designing and i you know and nobody ever thinks about who's designing these products so i'm really glad that's getting it out there yeah for sure for sure man shout out to my pops who uh who actually he had a Mercedes and was going to go and get a new Mercedes and instead got the uh, like the up the highest level of Hyundai oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that they make because he like if there's anything he likes more than uh, like a nice thing it's getting a good deal on something you know Dude, and yes. uh, yeah totally man. It, Hyundai it, not only is it great design but it's also a great value you know like you're not going to get that kind of looks but then all those like, kind of features and the the warranty that Hyundai has it's it's it, it's not an expensive car to own, and it, it looks more expensive than you think it would cost. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So how we were talking about this kind of being the golden age of industrial design. Do you, if you were to look back in history, not including right now, what do you think was, other than now, the best era, era for industrial design? And what would you say was the worst era for industrial design? Uh, that's a hard question to ask. You know, I'm a I'm a millennial, and they always say that millennials we don't we know don't anything l- about know history. anything about history. <laughs> We're just like, what's the next thing here? Our minds is just so focused on what's trendy, what's current, what's going on. Why am I designing? I love cars. I don't know. I'm just doing it. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Like like my d- industrial design experience goes as far as five years, as far as when I was um, just entered into Cal State Long Beach, starting my industrial design program. But all I knew was. I want to design cool things and that's all I knew and and the new things that coming out whether it's Apple or just Honda and Hyundai just 
whatever it is, I just keep wanting to design the newest thing. So it's hard to say, you know, like we, we, we're not the, the kind of people that follow our history and know all of these iconic, uh, icon, iconic industrial designers and the great products that's been out there. Dude, that's a good philosophy as far as way to live your life. You know, just thinking about the present moment. Don't need to yeah. look back to the past or look forward to the future. Well, I guess maybe you guys got to look forward to the future a little bit. Um, I, I mean, if I had to say, I would definitely say maybe like the mid 70s to mid 80s. Like, I don't really know what was going on industrial design wise at that time, but we still have a ton of remnants of their architecture and a lot of photos of people's hairdos and uh like shoulder pads for women Mm -hmm. you know they just a lot of bad looks going on and a lot of like really bad architecture that we're still stuck with particularly like you're from the greater los angeles area which a ton of unfortunately was built in like the 70s and stuff and man it just looks like crap it's just like why could that city have not been built up either earlier when they were doing cool stuff or later Mm -hmm. when they were doing cool stuff again it's like so many areas in the country proliferated and did so much building during the worst time for architecture (laughs) that's really funny yeah it's true you see a lot of bad buildings out there man so sad um so talk to us about how you discovered industrial design we talked about how it's not really something that a lot of people know too much about yeah, I mean, I'm glad to uh, I'm glad to, to talk about industrial design here because a lot of people don't know what it, what industrial design is all about, and that's what I also try to do. My YouTube channel is try to tell what people industrial design is all about, trying to get them and recruit them because I know that it's it's a it's a career out there that if people just knew about it, that more people would join along and come along and sign them up themselves for industrial design school. Um, I discovered industrial design just like how a lot of kids do. You know, you're into cars, you're just drawing and sketching cars, looking at them on the internet. What's the latest and greatest thing? And then so my dream was to become a car designer. And, you know, a lot of a lot of what held me back and what a lot of misconceptions out there is that people think that industrial design, you have to be good at science and math and physics and stuff like that. And I get, I'm just telling everybody right now, it's not true. You don't have to be good at science and math and all these things. I'm not good at that stuff. So what um, how I discovered industrial design is I just loved cars. I loved drawing them and I wanted to be a transportation designer. As I got older, I started looking through colleges, and if you wanted to be a transportation designer, you're going to have to kind of join yourself into a private school because it's a very competitive, very specific field to get into, and it's all about the people that you know and the network that you have. So that kind of turned me off a little bit. I mean, these schools, they, they cost, you know, like I would be in $100,000, $200,000 in debt by the time I graduate. So I was like, I'm okay. I don't want to do that. And so... Yeah. I discovered industrial design, which is, you know, the the more major, more broad umbrella kind of field where transportation, you know, furniture, the things that I mentioned before are under industrial design. So entered into Cal State Long Beach Industrial Design. I I just, you know, just doing research on the Internet, just finding, whoa, what is this industrial design thing? It's the design of everyday products. It, It can be cars, but it also can be shoes. It can be water bottles. And I thought, you know, that seems like the better route to go, whereas I could, instead of just designing cars, I could just uh, design anything I want. Yeah, absolutely, man. So if you did want to design cars, let's say now, do you feel like you're hindered in any way because of the fact that you have the more general degree or it's it's all good either way? You just like prove yourself at the company and that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, transportation is a special one. And like I said, it depends on the kind of people that you know and the network that you have. 
if you enter into school doing specifically transportation design, you know, your professors are going to help you, obviously, and the people that, that are just going to be around during the time you go to school. If you don't decide to go that way, you're going to have to, and you still want to do transportation design, you're going to have to figure out how to, how to get in touch with these people and also at the same time develop the same skills as a transportation designer. Because, you know, instead of designing computer mouses or water bottles every day, they're designing, you know, cars and steering wheels and interiors and headlights. So you got to have that stuff in your portfolio. Make sure you know how to do that stuff well, good enough, or even better than, industri- you know, transportation designers. I think that's the only way to, in order to compete. 100% possible. I, I feel like nothing is possible if you don't, you know, you don't, if you just don't try, you're not going to get there. So, but it's, it's a definitely a difficult task. Uh, transportation is a specific one. It's very special, very based off of the kind of people that you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, everything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in your classes, were there more people that were on the design side of things? Or I should ask it almost like, were there any people that were on the engineering side of things or was it mostly just designers? Um, yeah, there, there, there's every once in a while you'll find somebody incredibly good at mechanical engineering or electric electronics, you know, not, not as good as a full on engineer, but they, everybody has, they, they bring their own, they bring their own kind of skill set to the table, whether that's a, you know, you're, you're a graphics designer that got really into industrial design, or you're a videographer like myself who got into graphics design, you kind of just bring your own little twist into there and it's not like anyone is better than the other you just kind of bring your own style your own uniqueness to it i know a buddy of mine he's incredibly talented the, the same guy that does dyi videos on youtube his name is patrick soriano he uh he, he's an incredible mechanical engineer he can make things work so well all these little parts it's unbelievable sometimes the things that i see him make and so everybody has their own little twists and their own little skills that they bring to industrial design. It's, you know, it's a multidisciplinary skill and whatever you can bring, everybody loves it and appreciates it. And it's a different twist on what it is. What a cool degree to get then. And also what a cool industry to be in to then network around and stuff, because mm-hmm. it's not like you're just meeting a whole bunch of clones of yourself. Like yeah. there's actually something new to learn behind every door. Definitely, man. It's, it's a really cool thing to do. And I just, I just really hope more people sign up for it. So I would ask about the different things that that would be before someone if they wanted to get a degree like this, but it sounds like it's basically everything. Like any, if I look around my office right now, if I look around my house, every single thing had to go through the mind of an industrial designer. Would that mm-hmm. be fair? Um, you, know, you know, there's a lot of products out there, specifically in China, where they're just... No, you know, they're just kind of copying and then eventually producing some of the things. So it kind of skips the industrial design phase and just goes right into the uh, manufacturing phase. But when it comes as far as like, like, you know, brand, brand, major, major brands or uh, companies that we always hear about, Apple, these kind of products, these definitely go through an industrial designer and a lot of thought process goes into designing those kind of products. Cool. Cool, man. Let's uh let's try to give people some advice if they were interested in getting into industrial design. Is this something that you would absolutely have to go and get a bachelor's degree in? Uh, a bachelor's a bachelor's degree would help a lot of companies. You know, they they want to see that you went through the rankings, that you went through school, that you're a, you know you know it's a smart person that got through school. But then at the same time, you know, if if you did it on your own, if you're able to create a kick-ass portfolio. 
uh, on your own, be able to show the kind of skills that you have. I that that's that's another way of going down that route. You know, for me, I'm not looking to enter into a corporate route to just try to work my way through the rankings. I'm trying to make it, uh, you know, trying to try to make. Ma- make it through myself with trying to create my own businesses and stuff like that. So, you know, a BS, a BS degree would help me. But then at the same time, if I'm trying to find my own way, it doesn't really help too much. And it's a matter of experience and what I, what I'm willing to put into it. And, um, so, so, you know, you, you don't have to go to school. You can, you can really do it on your own. It just, you just need the discipline and the, the, the motivation to be able to just keep on doing what you're doing. Man, that's such a good point in today's world of being able to actually pick up skills and mm-hmm. uh, hobbies, whatever it is, on from YouTube videos. I mean, for that matter, from people like you. Like, if people wanted to pick up industrial design skills, they can uh, pick it up from you. So, actually, yeah, let's leave off with that. Why don't you tell people about your YouTube channel and where they can go if they want to uh, to pick up some of these skills? Hey, thanks so much for letting me do this, dude. I, I really like what you're doing here, and I've checked out all the stuff that you've done, and it's a really great platform that you allowed yourself to be able to create for yourself and get your voice out there. So first off, I'd just like to say that. Thank and, you. Uh, Appreciate that. Second off, um, yeah, if, if you guys are interested in industrial design, go ahead and check out my YouTube channel. All you have to do is search up how to be an industrial designer. I think I'm the second video. There's a video that's right above me that I'm working hard to get above. But just search up how to how to uh, be an industrial designer or just search my name, Jimmy Huynh, H-U-Y-N-H. You'll be able to find me there. Okay, cool. Man, Jimmy, thank you so much. This sounds like such an awesome world that you're a part of. And hopefully uh, some people listening will want to join you. That's really cool. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot for having me. Hey everyone, it's Blake. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. If you did, I would appreciate it so much if you considered leaving a review for the show on iTunes. I swear it'll only take like two minutes. Um, Just search for the show on iTunes, click on it, click on ratings and reviews. You can leave a quick review um, or just uh, keep listening to the show. I appreciate that as well. Or tell a friend about the show or something. And if you have any ideas for the show, if you have a particular job or hobby that you would like to hear interviewed on the show, if you yourself think that you do something interview worthy and you would like to tell the world about what this job or hobby is that you have, head on over to halfhourintern.com. There's a link right there at the top that says submit your ideas and you could submit your ideas for the show, be them uh, somebody else that you would like me to interview, a particular field that you would like to hear about, or even if it is you yourself that would like to come on the show. Thanks so much for listening, you guys.